Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Jerry Campbell. Jerry is the account manager for e-commerce services at the Nebraska Book Company. Now, the name Nebraska Book Company might make you think this is just a local uh, concern, but Nebraska Book Company owns runs, owns and, and or runs over 350 bookstores, and I believe mostly college bookstores, but I'm not sure, around the country. Uh, Jerry um, was a student of mine, and um, we're going to talk today about how, how the Alexander Technique has uh, impacted his life. Jerry, welcome so much to the show today. Well, thank you, Robert. I, it's a privilege to be here with you, really. Well, Jerry, what do you say to people who want to know what this Alexander Technique thing is that you've studied is all about? <laughs> well, everyone always says it's notoriously hard to um, define, but I guess in, in short for me, Robert, what I would say is it's an educational process, really, by which we or you learn to become aware uh, of how we habitually use and misuse ourselves. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is our musculoskeletal selves, our muscles and our, our bodies, how we misuse that and how we can run into these uh, tension, a lot of tension in our bodies from these uh, crazy habits that we've developed over time. And then, um, so anyway, it teaches us how to become aware of those things. And then after we really become aware of them, it, it gives us some tools for uh, how to go about really stopping uh, the misuse that, that, and the stopping uh, putting so much tension uh, and stress on ourselves. Well, that's an excellent uh, definition, Jerry. I, I've, a lot better than I've heard from some Alexander teachers. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah. uh, Jerry, how did you, how did you arrive at the Alexander Technique? What were, what were the reasons that, that mm -hmm. caused you to give me a call? Well, I, you know, I so, I've been selling books for a lot of years, Robert, and I, I remember selling a book that came out long, many, many years ago on the Alexander Technique, and I'm always intrigued by titles, but I didn't really know what it was, and uh, what, to what really drove me to it most recently was that I had gone to a massage therapist, and uh, actually my neighbor is a massage therapist, and she had told me that I had a lot of uh, tension in my neck, and... Um, uh, I, I do a lot of exercising, and I've noticed that over time. And anyway, I got uh, into um, looking it up on the internet and uh, found out that it, you know that the neck is and movement uh, AT is really or uh, the Alexander technique is really all about how we move and uh, and and the principal importance of the neck and the head in the relationship of uh, moving with uh, more ease and grace. So. Uh, it was kind of a natural, and um, and in addition to the fact that I, I learned that I had uh, this tension in my neck, or it was pointed out to me anyway, uh, I also uh, had a lot of pain in my lower back because I have a herniated disc in my uh, my L5 and S1, which is my lower lumbar disc. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had struggled over time with pain in my lower back, and uh, when I came to read about what the Alexander Technique was exactly, uh, it made a whole lot of sense. So uh, I found out who you were by uh, the, the Internet and uh, was very happy to learn that you 
are quite a learned uh, teacher of the technique, and you were right here in Lincoln. That really, really made me uh, curious, so uh, I called you up. Well, and well, and I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really interesting uh, for our listeners to just pause here for a moment uh, regarding your experience of being told by, as you, in your case, a massage therapist, that your neck was tight. And the fact is that a lot of people with tensions in their body are not actually aware of them until someone else points them out. I, I, I assume you knew you had some back issues because you felt the pain. Yes. But I'm going to guess that you didn't feel any pain in your neck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it that way, Robert. You know, we uh, I would uh, I do some weightlifting and stuff, and I always noticed how my neck would hurt sometimes after I lifted weights. But yeah, I wasn't consciously aware that I carried it around. She, she made me aware that it was very more tense in my neck than other uh, other places. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a background tension mm-hmm. there. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's I think a very interesting thing for our listeners to to think about. So, having come for lessons, um what um w- what happened after you had uh lessons? Well, I I began to uh learn how um a lot of times uh, we move our bodies without really thinking about how we move. In other words, um, we just uh, get up out of a chair uh, in, um, and we get out over our feet when, the, when we're really not balanced uh, or we just get up when we uh, don't really kind of prepare ourselves to move. We just kind of... Uh, are way ahead of ourselves the way we think or uh and um so it struck me uh, by the first couple of lessons with you that um that that was something that we that I at least commonly was doing and that um if I wanted to uh maybe understand how to uh, move a little bit with more ease and more grace I ought to at least uh be thinking a little bit more about some of the uh, ways that I go about my day, really, mm-hmm. or, or how I move, yeah. And when you started doing that, uh, did you notice any changes in how you moved and in your general posture and coordination? Yeah, yes, yeah, I definitely did. Um, yes, I definitely did, and uh, – but I do have to admit that it's it's taken a long time. It takes a long time because um, you know I really think that I've made a lot of progress since I started with you. Mm-hmm. But um, because our habits are so ingrained, it's so easy to slide back uh, and to be. I mean, to move unconsciously is what I mean to say. Okay, uh, because I really think that uh, AT is all about. Well, I actually heard read someone say refer to the Alexander t- technique as thinking in activity. Mm-hmm. It's the way, uh, it's when you move, uh, it's just a way to think while you move and uh, to be to be more present or to be more conscious about uh, what you do, you know, at, at every moment. So, um, so anyway, uh, that's part of what I think about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that whole process of, mm-hmm. of thinking in activity can be a real challenge for people if they're not used to doing that. It's quite mm-hmm. kind of a different way of engaging in activities. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah, and so when I, yeah, so I'm just more mindful, I guess, and because I exercise a lot, um, mm-hmm. I do uh, move a lot, and I am thinking about uh, movement uh, quite a bit. I think I told you one time that I, one of my big passions and when I was younger was playing basketball, and I was mm-hmm. always I was always struck by how the movement was so, uh, how much I enjoyed moving on the basketball court. And when we'd get done playing basketball, I would feel kind of stress-free. It was like the most stress-free times I've I, I, I would have, and I was always curious about that. So um, uh, when I got to um, and I and and um, when I got into thinking about AT, it was uh, or the Alexander technique. It was interesting that um, the role that movement has with just uh, uh, mind body, I guess you know how your mind and your body are so much uh, one. You know, I think what did FM call what what was FM's word for that for psychophysical unity psychophysical unity yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. fm being uh f matthias alexander who was the developer of this work mm-hmm. yeah so uh, your work um at the nebraska book company uh, it sounds like you probably spend a fair amount of time at at a computer terminal is that i right? do yes i do so. and ha- what do you notice about that and ha- has it has have your lessons helped you with that any Oh yeah, tremendous amount. Yes, because um, yeah, like you said, I sit uh, a lot all day, and as we all know, sitting is not wonderful for uh, your back. Um, if you have uh, any issues with your, your with your spine, I mean, it's um, I think it puts a lot of pressure on your lower back. So um, I have to do that all the time, and so uh, yes, had learning these um, ideas on how to think before I move and react uh, um, has made it has made that whole um, process of sitting at my desk and reaching my arm towards the mouse or reaching for a pencil or a pen. Uh, I'm much more mindful now about how my uh, mind and my body are one f- physical unit, and how they we need to move in coordination, and we have to do it in balance, and act, basically we have to think before we move, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing that, Robert has has made me more balanced all the way around. It's affected my just general state of well-being, and uh, specifically, you know, what we're on now, which is sitting at a desk and trying to alleviate. Uh, the tension and the back pain of sitting all day yeah it's it's made a big difference mm-hmm. and I would be willing to bet mm-hmm. that as you look around your office at other people who are working at computers that you're probably more aware of their own misuse patterns than you might have been before <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely am um one of the nice things that you did for me was recommend a just a stool uh, uh um I guess, yeah, what what would you call it, a stool? Mm, it's a stool yeah. that has yeah. a flat surface, and it's yeah. uh, about one and a half times the height of a normal chair. Yes, yes. And uh, actually, I, I can't claim credit for 
for the idea. It it it, mm-hmm. it came. Uh, I I got the idea from a book by another Alexander Technique teacher, mm-hmm. who I'm hoping to uh, interview for the podcast. Also, a woman named. Galen Krantz, who's a professor of architecture at the University of California, Berkeley, who wrote a wonderful book called The Chair. Hmm. It's kind of a history of the chair, and it has a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit about, a little bit of it is devoted to some suggestions for, for sitting more easily. And she points out that when you elevate yourself that extra oh, half a foot or probably a little more than that, um, you create conditions whereby the natural curvature of your spine tends to spring up more than sitting in a a standard chair. And uh, so, uh, do you mm-hmm. do you use mm-hmm. a stool at work? Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. should see you should see some of the uh, or notice the comments I get from people. Yeah, when I they, bet. Yeah. You know, they can't understand why in the world I would have that stool there. But you are absolutely right on, I believe, with uh, how you describe that because um, I I I would agree with you a hundred percent in that that you know your eyes and I I have uh, trifocals on my glasses okay mm-hmm. so um, a lot of times um, and your eyes are changing all the time but the point I'm making here is I some a lot of times when I'm at close close up I have to look towards the bottom part of my glasses mm-hmm. and so by being up a little bit higher I don't have to cock my head back. Right yeah, and right. down, you know, to be able to see the screen, which is what I really kind of have to do. So it's really, uh, I agree with you that it puts my uh, my head and neck in a much better position relative to the rest of me when I'm on that stool. So I go back and forth. I, what I do is I go back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. some people do that, and and some people, some of my students, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, when when I show them the stool and say maybe this would be useful for you to experiment with they're very very skeptical mm-hmm. because it's just a flat wooden surface circular usually and there's no backrest mm-hmm. and that's one of the first questions i get is where's the backrest but mm-hmm. what i have found is that when you make that available to yourself and give yourself the option of that keep the old chair but mm-hmm. have the stool available many of my students over time sometimes very quickly gravitate to using the stool all the time. And I, sometimes I have to say I think I should be getting some kind of commission from uh, from the local Target store because they have a, a really nice one wooden stool for about $20 mm-hmm. uh, made with very solid wood. And um, I, I know that I have cause them to sell many dozens of stools over the years that they, <laughs> they wouldn't. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, Jerry, is there yeah. anything mm-hmm. else that you would like to say to our listeners about the technique or any suggestions you'd like to make to someone who's thinking of having an Alexander lesson but is a little mm-hmm. hesitant? Or what, what would you yeah. say? Anything well, you'd like to add? Yeah, just a, just a couple things, I think, Robert. Um one of the things that really brought me or that I like so much about the technique is that it's really like a, a living, breathing philosophy. I mean, it's just much more than just a a way to uh, to line up your posture or, or to, uh, yeah, to get 
I mean, it's, it's certainly that. But what I mean to say is that it's a practical philosophy it's, uh, that you can use every day, all the time. And uh, I think that it has some tremendous value for, for everybody. Um, I, I read about John Dewey and how him, uh, he was such an advocate of it and, and what uh, John Dewey just thought that it was had some remarkable educational value. And uh, I kind of uh, am beginning to see what perhaps what – what he was suggesting there, but uh, I, I think that it has broad uh, implications or ramifications well beyond just posture. And then the other thing I would say is that uh, stress, we're all under stress these days, and uh, you know, uh, AT can really help you reduce the amount of stress you have in your body. Um, one time at a book company convention, I, I heard a gal, I think her name was Maureen Mulvaney, um, if I can remember that correctly, but I do remember how she defined stress. She said that stress was, she defined it this way. She said it's our thoughts, perceptions, and interpretations of the people, places, and things in our life. And she said if you change your perceptions, you change your life. And uh, AT kind of uh, is in line with that notion um, because it's really all about uh, how you think and how you perceive uh, your circumstances. and But more than that, it, it actually gives you some useful tools to uh, to change and uh, and to reduce the stress in your life. So anyway, I think that's about all I wanted to say. Oh, that's great. And just uh, for people in our audience who, are, who don't know who John Dewey uh, was, um, he uh, was a well, he's America was he's he's been dead a number of years. He was America's probably America's most famous philosopher in, in the school of, of pragmatism, and he also was extremely influential in de- developing the American public education system in the first half of the last century, and he was also a longtime student of Alexander, and in fact uh, he. Uh, um, he wrote somewhere in one of his books that uh, I don't have the the quote exactly but basically that the Alexander Technique bears the same relationship to education that education bears to everything else and I can't imagine a more um, a stronger endorsement of the technique than, than that I can't either. That, that's an, a remarkable quote, really. It is. So, yeah. Jerry, thank you so mm-hmm. much for being on the show. Our, our guest today, my guest today, has been Jerry Campbell, who is the account manager for e-commerce uh, services at the Nebraska Book Company, a very large company that runs uh, three or 400 uh, do they own the stores, Jerry? Or, yeah, or run? yeah. It yes, owns, yes. I think, yep. some 350 bookstores around the country. And he's a resident, uh, like myself, of Lincoln, Nebraska, and he's been a student of mine. Jerry, thanks again so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Robert. Thank you very much.